0: Origin stories are often subjective and occasionally apocryphal. And when it comes to the birthplace of pop music in America, while many spots could likely stake their claims, a line of five buildings in New York City tend to have consensus as a place where it all began. You're listening to Tall Stories, a Monocle production brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. In this episode, Paul Logothetis visits a tiny stretch of one New York City street that is celebrated for its place in American music history.
1: Inside a small stretch of drab buildings on West 28th Street in New York City lies the birthplace of American popular music. Tin Pan Alley, as it was coined, transformed the music industry at the end of the 19th century by turning a niche practice for songwriting into a mass production of popular culture. The New York City Landmarks Preservation Commission recently designated these five buildings official Manhattan City Landmarks due to their cultural significance. Not only were they important to American popular music, but they were also a key site for the contributions of Jewish immigrants and African Americans, whose works as composers, lyricists, and performers can be traced back to here. From Irving Berlin to Fats Waller to Cole Porter, the composers and lyricists of Tin Pan Alley wrote songs that defined American pop culture from the late 1880s to the mid-1950s. Louis Armstrong, Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, and Fred Astaire all sang music that was created here. George Calderaro is the director of the Tin Pan Alley American Popular Music Project and a longtime preservationist who took a shine to this morsel of American musical history after moving into the Flatiron Nomad neighborhood where this unique piece of history resides
2: sheet music publishers congregated and set up business on and around 28th Street because that was the entertainment and cultural center of New York City in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. So sheet music publishers set up shop there not just to create sheet music for the first time. Publishers, songwriters, and performers worked Together, And that's why we say it created the modern music industry. And this sheet music was sold not just to performers who were performing down the street or in the many theaters that were in that area in the 20s around Madison Square Garden, but also to the stores, the great big department stores on 6th Avenue, on Ladies Mile. And then also the whole area was full. It had Delmonico's, the first restaurant in New York. It had bedding parlors. It had... It had brothels, it had all of these entertainment venues that all needed music.
1: The name Tin Pan Alley was coined to describe the audible racket of piano music that made this street sound like its namesake, where sheet music boomed and iconic songs like Take Me Out to the Ball Game and God Bless America were published at the turn of the 20th century. Calderero and the Tin Pan Alley Project promote the street's history across Manhattan and its surrounding boroughs through a variety of initiatives like concerts and shows, as well as hosting on-site and online walking tours that pay homage to a street that spawned legendary music composers like George Gershwin and Irving Berlin, and so many more.
2: You could get married and divorced, you could buy a house, you could have your mistress, all without leaving 28th Street. It was a real nexus of community and of the entertainment and cultural district of the area. So it was there until about the nineteen tens, nineteen twenty, and that's when the Broadway Theaters moved up to Longacre Square and that became Times Square.
1: That move uptown left little behind. And walking along West 28th Street, you can't help but wonder just am I in the right place? You know you have arrived though because at the corner of Broadway and 28th Street is a New York City street sign marked Tin Pan Alley. There's a small 8.5 by 11 inch plaque nearby, but it is hard to find, hidden behind hot dog vendors or scaffolding, depending on the day. But the physical imprint of Alley is still there to see as you walk 28th Street towards 6th Avenue. There's a series of five Italianate style row houses that look unchanged from their original build of 175 years ago. Standing across the street and surveying the buildings numbered 47 through 55, it's easy to imagine Thomas Edison up on the roof producing his films, or a copy boy dashing down the front steps and out of the offices of The Clipper, which was Variety Magazine's forerunner. Today, the apartments above are unchanged while the street-level spots are populated by a variety of unassuming businesses. Wholesale clothing and fabric stores, a cell phone accessory shop, and a slightly dodgy looking lingerie spot. According to Calderaro, this ragtag look is essential to maintaining the site's unique historical charm.
2: Thank goodness that people live there because they are what has kept the buildings from being demolished. The residents there have leases. Some of them have long-term leases. Some of them are rent controlled. Some of them are protected by various city regulations, including the loft laws. So because they could not be easily evicted. Because of them, the buildings stand to this day and are largely intact. And it's also interesting, there's a term in preservation called preservation by neglect. As you probably noted, the buildings are rather run down. The owners of them have not invested heavily in them, probably because their tenants aren't millionaires and billionaires and paying exorbitant maintenance fees. But because of this, they haven't invested in the buildings extensively and because of that, the buildings Things haven't changed. When you look at the spindles in the railings on the stairways, those are the same ones that Irving Berlin and George Gershwin bounded up and down, you know, every day and all of their compatriots. It's all incredibly intact, which helped to contribute to the landmarks designation.
1: Tin Finale may have been a short blip within two centuries of American music history, but its shabby physical imprint is real. And it was once Manhattan's beating heart of pop culture till it wasn't
2: it's even more important to anchor it and to correct if you will history or let people know and educate them about the real birthplace of american popular music and so many people are interested and surprised to discover that it actually is a place if you google Pan alleys one of the top questions that come up is "Is Pan alley really a place and it really was
0: Tall Stories is a monocle production from the team behind The Urbanist. This episode was written by Paul Logothetis and produced and edited by David Stevens. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to receive new episodes every week. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye and thank you for listening, City Lovers.